You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Anissa Foles. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Fergie Philippe. Hi, I'm Eliza Oman. Hola, soy Florencia Cuenca. Y yo soy Jaime Lozano. Hi, this is El Morgan Lee. It's Alex Brightman from Broadway and beyond. Hi, this is Joe Iconis. And this is Lauren Marcus. Y estás escuchando. And you're listening to B-Way Show. B-Way Show. B-Way Show. The podcast. Hey, friends. Welcome to B-Way Show, the podcast. Your home for theater conversations from a passionate Broadway fan and reporter. I'm your host, Shoshana, and I want to start off by emphasizing Black Lives Matter, period. The show must go on. It's show time. Get it? <laughs> because I'm Beetlejuice and she's show. Anyway, B-Way show time. You know, the whole being a podcaster thing. Listen, or else. This week's guest is Antoine Magic Raymond. Antoine is a universal swing for Hamilton, and you bet we'll get into what that means during the episode. History is happening with Hamilton's return to the Richard Rogers Theater. You'll be back seeing the show on Broadway September 14th. The Ampeggy Tour is already starting performances in San Francisco, and the story of tonight is the Eliza Tour is back on stage at the Pantages in LA. Plus, check out the Angelica and Philip Tours. I'm bringing us back to the room where it happens, the room where it happens. I want you to also check out Magic's autobiography, Becoming Magic, A Path of Personal Reconstruction. Antoine is the soldier of love, where he says, I believe in a world where love is stronger than fear. Head to his website, thesoldieroflove.us. Here's our conversation from June 26, 2020, recorded for my live YouTube series, The Show Must Go On, Line. Let's go. We are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Show Must Go On, Line. Today's guest is Antoine Magic Raymond. How are you doing today? I'm so excited to be here. The feeling is mutual. I've just been such a big fan of your work and your work ethic and Soldier of Love, and we will get into all of that. What are what are your vibes today? I So I had a, a, an interview with three other friends of mine, four other friends, several friends. <laughs> there was like everyone, <laughs> everyone on that interview were all friends, so whether they were on camera or not. Yes. Um, and afterwards, uh, my friend Luis Salgado he sent me a text and said, how are you feeling? And I wrote back, I feel elated and also grounded. Mm. So it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like up in the clouds, but still so connected to earth. 
that's how I feel. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's kind of like it's getting me in the feels right now because sometimes I get so excited about these interviews and a lot of my friends are here. Hey, Andy. Hey, Eva. It's, it's awesome. We can see the whole chat. So if you're watching at home, please chat with us, ask questions, ask comments, whatever. Uh, we're here for you. And my friend Andy today was just like, take a deep breath. You got this. I've been so excited all week. And I'm like, you know what? Me too. Like sometimes we let our nerves just kind of like elevate the feeling. There's like some weird energy in the world right now, but there are good people spreading positivity and trying to combat the negativity. I always like to start with your origin story. How'd you get into acting, dancing, singing, that whole aspect of your life? It really started uh, in church choir for me as a kid. I joined the church choir. I'm not even sure how old I was, maybe seven or eight. I was a soprano (laughs) as a little boy. And then eventually joined a school choir, which would not have been until high school that mm-hmm. I was uh, that my school had a choir. And then it wouldn't be until my freshman year of high school that I also got into musical theater. Mm-hmm. I loved to dance and loved to sing as a little kid. My family did not see musicals; that there was just no time or money for that. So my knowledge of dance came from music videos. Mm. And as a kid, I wanted to grow up and be a backup dancer for Janet Jackson. Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's where I thought I was going to get to. And then I got to high school and discovered musical theater and realized I can do all of these things in one capsule. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So then I, my first musical was Annie in high school. And I was in the, you know, in the ensemble and also, fun fact, I did not, my first formal dance training did not begin until I was 17, almost a senior in high school. Wow. Yeah. And that's because uh, my high school was doing crazy for you, and I did not know how to tap. Uh, and I wanted to be the lead, so I started taking dance lessons to learn how to tap. After asking a good friend of mine who was an awesome dancer, I asked her, like, where, where are you studying? And she told me, and so I told my mom, and my mom would talk to the dance teacher, and I small town. I grew up in Blue Springs, Missouri, which is a suburb of Kansas City, Missouri. So yeah, that's how it started. And that, that's amazing to hear that you relatively late started to dance, which I think gives hope to people who want to get into this and maybe don't find out their love of musical theater like you until slightly later. And some people think, oh, no, I have to start when I'm five or I'm, it's too late or by 10. And so that's, that's really cool. The fact that you were saying, oh, I get to do all of these things makes me think of how you do absolutely everything as a universal swing. <laughs> What? <laughs> I can't get over that. How your brain to be able to just memorize all those tracks. So why, why don't you share what is actually being a universal swing and how you kind of go through that process? Yes. So a universal swing is someone who covers the entire male or female ensemble. I have, I'm a male a universal swing. So I covered the entire male ensemble for Hamilton. One show is six different people. And I do that for all of the U.S. companies of the show, which there's currently five. (laughs) I have been to three companies. So in reality, I know 18 versions of one show. And uh, it's a lot of mental work. It's a lot of physical work uh, also. 
and um, but my brain is kind of wired that way. It always has been, but I didn't know that it could be utilized as a swing per se. I I honestly thought, you know, so for me, I can watch choreography and pick it up depending on its difficulty and intricacy very, very quickly. If someone is teaching it to me, I can be shown what it is two or three times and then we can move forward. And I get it and I retain it and then we're good to go. Um, as well as with music, I have a very good ear for music. I cannot read music <laughs> at all. But I have a very good ear for music. I can hear something and even if I'm looking at music, I can... I've been singing long enough, I can sight read very well, so I can say like, okay, the space from this note to that note only needs to go from here to here versus here to here. So I can really fake it very well. So all those things <laughs> come together to make me a very reliable and useful universal suite when it comes to having to go into the show at a moment's notice having to be flown to another company in a moment's notice, having no rehearsal before I get on stage sometimes, uh, and just having a, a video reference, an archival video to reference what is happening with the people I'll be working with mm -hmm. that from the people I left. I feel like when I watch uh, a company and I see the swings or I see the ensemble, I already think, wow, I can't believe that they come on at a moment's notice and they have to memorize multiple tracks. And then to add the element that it's for all the companies and also at a moment's notice, but it just sounds like your brain, like you said, is wired for that. And it so does it not give you the sense of anxiety that maybe other people who hear it would assume? <laughs> that's a great question um, sometimes there can be nerves but what I remind myself of in the moments when those nerves flare up mm -hmm. is am I nervous because there's something that I actually don't know or am I nervous because this mm -hmm. is something that I'm not used to doing and if the answer is it's something right. I don't know then I immediately figure out what the question is and then I go to the go to who I need to go to to get the answer. If it's a matter of, oh, it's just something that I've not done often or maybe at all, then I just say, hey, I've not been with the show for almost four years at this point. So I just remind myself, you know what this movement is. And even if you're doing the wrong movement or you're in the wrong spot, you'll move where you need to move to or someone will help you get there because you'll be in their spot. And there's just, I have to, and I have chosen, and I've chosen to mm -hmm. offer myself a lot of grace and yeah. understanding and reminding my, and I've, and I've shared this with other swings in the show that are brand new is their first big show is their first time swinging in a huge show. Yeah. And I said to them, our jobs as swings is to make sure the show happens, to make sure that the thousands of people who pay thousands of seats to see the show one time get that experience and as long as we don't break ourselves break someone else or bring the show to a stop we have done our job even <laughs> even if it wasn't as good as we wanted it. right mm. the idea of not having to be a perfectionist all the time must must feel so good because in order to have gotten to the place where you are you had to have been at this certain level 
right? So the, the background is already there. They've already trusted you in your performance. They know that you're not going to go in slacking or not prepared. So then you just have to trust in yourself, trust in others and trust, like you said, that the that you've done it before and your brain sometimes I feel like just goes into that drive of like, hey, I know that you're feeling a little on edge, but you'll hear the music and your body will just be like, oh, this is where we go. Yeah, Yeah. that certainly happens. And then there are times when my brain has to work even harder than my body is working. Mm. And in those moments, it's a matter, it happens where I am probably three or four moments ahead of where I've presently am in the moment of the show. So say, for instance, you know, we'll just say from the opening number, Mm -hmm. we're all in that straight line and we sing time, the word time. And then I'm like, okay, well, actually, I was just getting into that line. There it is. That's the, that's the thing that gets you. That's the get you gotcha. (laughs) Getting into that line because we've all been scattered and then the line forms. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I'm not concerned. Like, oh, I'm on for someone that I haven't been on for a while. I'm not concerned about where I stand in a straight line. I'm concerned about who am I lifting? Is my body like the things, like the list of things I think about? Standing in a straight line is so far down on that list. But so yeah. then that comes, and I'm like, oh. <gasps> so it's like I'm walking forward, and then I'm like, okay, look for the space. There it is. Just <laughs> like a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And there have been times when I've not been in the right spot. And sometimes the person whose spot I'm in will be kind and move to, they will fill in the space that is there. Or sometimes not so kind and kind of edge me out. I mean, it's a show with love, but it's one of those things where if you're getting into the line last, and even if you see I'm in your spot, if the space is right next to me, just go there. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> so, but but it's also, that's the benefit and the advantage and the gift of doing one track every night. But it's also sort of, uh, it becomes a blind spot because mm-hmm. you get used to doing the same thing. And when that picture that you know for your, for your part yeah. is not what you're used to, it messes people up. I don't have, I don't get that benefit. My picture is always different. Always. Yeah. It's like a, those viewfinders looking <laughs> to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. It's like sometimes when you do the same thing over and over again, your brain's like just automatic. Okay. This, and then this song, and then this, and then, Oh, I take a water break during say no to this. And then I go back in for it. But if you're not doing that all the time, your brain can't just do that, which could sound a little exhausting, but also exciting. And so that's pretty cool. And Ashley's asking, how did you choose to be a swing? And I would like to add, or did the swing choose you? The swing definitely chose me. (laughs) (laughs) But my first, the first show I was ever a swing in was in the Heights Off-Broadway, which was also my Off-Broadway, Broadway Broadway debut. It's how I got my Equity Union card. Wow. And I had heard of swings, um, but I'd always done regional theater or cruise ships. And in those kind of settings, swings don't exist. If you're doing a regional show, you're lucky if the run of the show is six weeks. Oh, you right. You're not, there's no time to, to hire and rehearse a swing. Or you might have an understudy for that, but they just, it's not possible. The, the shows don't run long enough for those mm-hmm. things to exist. In cruise ships, same thing. They're not going to pay somebody to sit on a ship and 
maybe not work for weeks and months on end. If people get sick or injured, they just have to stop off the show and fill in the space where the body is missing. Wow. So uh, I auditioned for In the Heights. They were already running off Broadway and they had an open dance call. And um, for those of you who may not know, an open dance call is where men and women can just show up and audition for a show. And if you are in the Actors' Equity Union, you get priority. You can mm -hmm. sign up for an actual time or have your name on a list. And you will have to be seen that day. If you are not in the union, you just kind of have to wait. And so you have to wait for it. You have to wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait. And, <laughs> and so I was not in the union when I auditioned for In the Heights. Or was I? No, I wasn't. I got my union card. <laughs> and so I just showed up at 10 a.m. Oh, day and was there until about 5 p.m. And wow. I did not know they were looking for swings. I just knew they were looking for people. So I went in hoping mm -hmm. to find the people they would want. And when I got, I got a call for the callback and they sent me uh, material for Usnavi and Sunny. And mm -hmm. I had heard the show. I had not seen the show. And I do not consider myself a rapper. <laughs> so I'm like, what is this music they've sent me and how do I learn? So thank you. A very good friend of mine plays piano. And I asked her to help me with my with the callback, and she did. I think I was actually able to see the show before I went into my callback. And at intermission, I was sitting in maybe the fourth row. I was very close to the front. I'm not even sure how I got the ticket, but I just remember at intermission saying, "God, if there is any way for me to be a part of this show, please make it happen." Mm. And I went in for my callback. I felt really good about it. I wore a shirt that resembled the shirt Usnavi wears. And in my complete ignorance, Lynn was in the room, Tommy Kale, I think, Blackamar, probably Andy Blakenbuehler as well. Like all of those people, I know Lynn was in the room because he come and he's like, "Oh, nice shirt." I thought, <laughs> "Yeah, I know it's a nice shirt because I wore it. It looks like when you were in the show." Uh, but genuinely, had no, I knew he was in the show, I, and I'm not even sure if he was Usnavi, the show that I saw. Wow. <laughs> but I, you know, I think for a lot of people. That situation could have been so nerve-wracking because it's the creative team, the creator of the show, the star of the show. And I honestly did not know who he was. I was like, hey, just walked in, sang my song, did the side they gave me. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> so then about two weeks later, I was working a part-time job with, and I get a phone call. And just the area code 212 showed up. And there's kind of a, a running joke for New York performers that if you see a 212 area code, Broadway's calling. <laughs> yes. And it turns, turns out Broadway was calling. Uh, so I answered the phone and they say, hi, this is so-and-so from the office. We want to offer you the position of vacation swing for in, the, for in the Heights. And I said, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Yes. Okay, what does that mean? What's the <laughs> So I didn't even know. I didn't even under. I didn't even know what the description of the job I had just been given was when I was given that. Wow, yeah, that's the like definition of yes and right. Like, <laughs> give me the job, I will learn what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I learned on the job, and all of these skills and wonderful quirks of my brain were all right for this opportunity. Yeah.
It makes me think of Karen Olivo has said a similar story when auditioning for In the Heights, told to dance with this guy and dancing and he's like not very good. And he's like, okay, bye. And dances with like a good dancer. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you, you want to go, you want to dance with him. And then later finds out it's Lynn. Oh, chef kiss. <laughs> I love that. This is why I love interviews and watching like other interviews because you just find these amazing stories and you find out how similar so many people's journeys are to get to where they are today. Yeah, yeah. So fun. Okay, so I do want to talk more about In the Heights, but let's talk about the how you auditioned for Hamilton and then we'll kind of like go back through those. (laughs) Backstory. It's and I guess I'm doing a post premise, <laughs> a mid premise of you know my audition experience with both in the Heights and both Hamilton is honestly like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory getting the gold ticket. Yeah. It is not the norm. I share these stories hopefully from a place of humility and just sharing what can be possible. Mm-hmm. I d- I never want the listener, the audience to feel like, oh, that will never happen to me because I never thought it would happen to me. Right. So that being said, for Hamilton, it had been open and running off Broadway. And when all of that happened, I was working on a cruise ship. So I sort of missed, I was working on a cruise ship and doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was not on my radar at all until it was on everybody's radar. Right. <laughs> and I would have people like, why are you in that show? I'm like, because I can't just hire myself. I can't just like, hi, I'm showing up to work today. I'm in your show because I did this other show with you. Like, that's not how it works. Imagine but, though. <laughs> I, uh, hey, I would love to just get a call. I'm like, hey, we want you for this. All right, done. <laughs> yes. So then it moves to Broadway. And I knew that they were having auditions, but they were having auditions for swings because the entire original cast was moving. Mm-hmm. Transferring. And I thought I thought very hard and deeply about auditioning for the show as a swing. And I ultimately decided not to when it was moving to Broadway. Because mm-hmm. when I got hired for In the Heights, I was taught the show by one of the dance captains who is like a friend and mentor. I love him so much, Michael Balderrama. He's mm-hmm. talking about Stephanie Clemens uh, was the other dance captain, um, but I I learned the show primarily from Michael because he he was a swing for the male ensemble and it just, right. it just made sense. And so I told myself I wanted to have a rehearsal process with Andy, and I think by the time that I had heard about auditions for Hamilton, they were already open. The show was already running, so they were going to mm-hmm. bring the swing and they were hiring additional swings. That's what it and I told myself, I really want to have a rehearsal process with Andy because mm-hmm. I know how invaluable those are. I know how much information you get from those and how much intention and backstory and understanding you get of the movement. And that is what I love about his work and his choreography. Mm-hmm. So I was concerned that if I auditioned after the show was already running and got hired as a swing, I would be taught the show by a dance captain. And I did not want that experience. So I decided, okay, I'm not auditioning for the show. That was 2014, I think. (laughs) 14 or 15. I work, I'm doing other work. And then I'd say sometime in 2015, a good friend of mine was in the show. And 
and she's like, hey, I'm going to be on for, she was a swing and dance captain. She's like, I'm going to be on for several shows. These are the dates. Let me know if you want to see the show. I can, I can help you get standing room tickets. I was like, yes, I want to see the show. I want to see the show finally. Yes. So December of 2015, the first time I ever saw the show, had ever heard the music. I'd maybe heard like snippets that might have played on interviews and stuff like that, but I purposely did not seek out the music to the show. Yeah. I saw the show, was floored. What in the world? How? <laughs> what is this magic? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I also remember the end of that show saying to myself, I'm okay that I'm not a part of this. Hmm. And so we roll into 2016. I realized that some work that I've been doing over the holidays with the Radio City Christmas Spectacular, I had I danced in with that show for six years over the past decade. Wow. Well, actually over the past 14 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> more than time though. I realized I was not going to be doing that for the holiday season of 2016. And me and a good friend of mine living in the Heights, he was asking me like, have you ever thought about auditioning for Hamilton? And more people kept asking me that question. And so it went from being so far back in my mind, it kept moving closer to the front. Mm. And so then I started thinking, okay, why, if I'm going to, why? What is my why to audition for this show? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a matter of uh, financial security and freedom. Right. I knew that I would love the material because I know the creative team. That was already a given. And I also knew it was going to be a lot of hard work. Yeah. I and, I, and this is me not knowing what my position with the show would even be. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I had three financial goals to pay off major credit card debt, pay off my student loans, and to be able to rent an apartment by myself. Smart. That is best served with a full-time paying job. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so that was, so I had been away as an associate choreographer for a friend of mine. Uh, he was choreographing Dream Girls in Texas. Nice. And I came back from being away for two months, two and a half months, and I called my agent and said, I'm interested in auditioning for Hamilton. Let me know if you hear anything. Nice. I also went to Actors Equity, their website, and saw there was another an open call for Hamilton. So I went. Got there at 9 or 9.30 in the morning. I was in the first group to go. There were three groups of men. So, and they were taking 30 men, 30 people at a time. So 90 men, about a hundred men showed up that day. Oof. I was asked to come back and sing. Uh, so my first audition was on a Thursday. Timeline is very important for the story. Also. Mm -hmm. First audition on a Thursday, I go, I dance. They asked me to come back that same afternoon to sing. I sing, I leave. Saturday, I get a call from Stephanie Clemens, the associate. And she says... Um, the office is going to call you to come in and sing with uh, for for Alex and Tommy because they have to go out of town shortly. Okay, and what I heard was they might call you. I didn't hear that like, they're going to call like you. they are gonna call you. Have your phone next to you. Yeah, so that was Saturday. I went on a date Saturday. I I turn my phone off when I sleep. I just do. It's just yeah. part of it. It brings me peace. So I wake up Sunday morning. I don't turn my phone on until about 10 or 10.30. And I had a voicemail, missed calls. No. Text. I was like, what is going on? 212, bro is calling. 
<laughs> so I have a text from Stephanie. It's like, hey, the office is trying, the casting office is trying to call you. And I'm sending her a text back and the phone rings again. Hi, this is the casting office. We just wanted to know, um, one, are you in New York right now? Yes, I am. Okay, great. Would it be possible for you to get to 38th and 8th Avenue within the hour, in the next hour to uh, sing for Alex and Tommy? I'm like, yes, I just have to run home and get my book first because I did not stay at home. <laughs> so I take the train to my apartment, get my audition book, get a bottle of water. I haven't even brushed my teeth or washed my face. Pop them in in my mouth. I'm still wearing the clothes from the day before, which is a t-shirt and shorts because it's in the summertime. Yeah. And I get in a cab to go to the audition uh, studio. I get there. I come in. It's like 11.15 in the morning on a Sunday. There are almost no auditions on a Sunday at 11.15 in the morning, especially ones you have to sing at. My God. I was doing vocal warm-ups in the back of that cab. I bet you were. <laughs> And they're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Either he's crazy or he's professional. I don't know. Side by uh, so. side, right? <laughs> so then I go into the audition room. I say hello. I give Tommy and Alex a hug. Give my music to the, to the pianist. I sing my song once. Alex says, great. You've got the nerves out of the way. Sing it again. Sing it a second time. He asks me, do you know um, Samuel Seabury's music? And I was like, um, oh, and Stephanie had told me, you know, listen to Samuel Seabury's song and the Charles Lee rap, because those will probably be the two things they'll want you to learn. So I listen to those just to familiarize myself with it. So he teaches me while Tommy takes a call in the hall. Tommy comes back in a couple of minutes. I sing that. I think he has me sing it a second time. I say, oh, great. Could you please step out in the hallway? I step out to the hallway. They bring me back in, have me do some scales. And then they're like, great. Thank you. That's all we need. Like, all right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I leave. I send Stephanie a text before I get on the train saying, thank you so much for the heads up about what music to listen right. to made a world of difference for me. It took me 30 minutes to get to my apartment. In that 30 minutes, she has sent me another text asking me to meet her the next Monday morning at 42nd Street Studios so she could record me doing the audition combo for Andy. So Ooh. I say, sure, I'll be there. Nine o'clock. Get there at nine o'clock Monday morning. I go in, review the audition combo. She records it. She teaches me the dance break to Yorktown, which includes the flair, the floor work, all that stuff, which I had never done before that day. <laughs> yeah. And like, great. Okay. And she's like, all right, that's all we need. It's 45 minutes. I leave. I pass Andy uh, walking out of the building. What I did not realize, and this is just one of those things, again, focus, naivety, naivete, whatever you want to call it. All of that happened in the rehearsal studio for the Chicago company of Hamilton. That was their first day of rehearsal. There were clients everywhere that read Hamilton, Chicago. I saw none of them. <laughs> oh my goodness. Not one. And when I ran into Andy, I just thought, oh, he must be in here for a rehearsal for something. <laughs> nope. So I get home by about 1030. I'm like, well, that's my day. <laughs> I'm just going to chill and watch TV. An hour later, this is on a Monday, first audition was the previous Thursday. Thursday. Wow. My agent calls me and says, you have an offer to be the universal swing for Hamilton. You start rehearsals tomorrow. Tomorrow! <laughs> so my first audition ever for the show was on a Thursday, and my first rehearsal was the following Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That, I'm <laughs> like, what are the words? You know, like, some people go through 
months years. and years and, you know, go in five times and are grateful for the 10th time that they get to go in. And like, you know, there's that different type of energy to be going in on a Thursday. And by that Tuesday, you're like getting to work, work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was remarkable. And I, uh, so that was it that Sunday? Cause I, um, I had a roommate because I was living in a different apartment at the time. And I think it was that Sunday. And I told my roommate, you know, I told about the initial audition and then as things were moving along, this and Stephanie had also said, and I call on that Saturday, things are going to move pretty quickly. And in my brain, I was like, Oh, you know, it might be like, it might take a couple of weeks. Right. (laughs) That's what I thought for like pretty quickly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I honestly would never have guessed that all of that would have happened so quickly. And the whole, the outcome of that could have been so different if that Sunday morning when they called and said, are you in town? Are you able to get here within the hour? If I had let nerves and anxiety right. and panic of like, I'm not vocally warmed up. Mm-hmm. I, if any of, if, if any of that fear had been, had been leading the conversation, yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today. And so that in and of itself is what Souls of Love is all about. It's like being aware, like, this is a very anxiety, a high emotional moment. Mm-hmm. I have two paths to take. I can succumb to that anxiety and that fear, or I can be like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's see. <laughs> the adventure of it all. Yeah. Ooh. And that was before Souls of Love was even a thing. So I yes. hadn't that phrase for myself, but it, it was just kind of there. It was inside. I love Soldier of Love. And we will, let's talk about that in a moment here. I just want to like recap the amazingness that was your audition story. Because I, I think so many people, and like I'm guilty of this, like you have so much anxiety and fear about something that it's hard to even get started, right? It's hard. And it could be something that you've dreamed about. And then when it's actually there, it's like, oh, no, like, I'm just throwing this out here. I sent an email to Lynn's press team to get him on this series. Will he come on? Who knows? But like the fear didn't hold me back from actually sending that email. And it's that idea of like, I've worked hard for this. I've put in the 10,000 hours, whatever it is. Like I am good enough and I'm at least good enough to give myself that chance to get seen. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely. And it, and something that I say a lot is when people say, Oh, I want to ask for this or should I, I'm, I'm worried. So the worst they can say is no. <laughs> and, and that sounds like a very like, trite and simple thing to say, but we put so much weight in thinking what no can mean. Right. In reality, there are very few instances where someone telling you no means the entire world is going to end. Like, right. There's it's a very short list of, like, if I say no to this, the world's going to end. Mm-hmm. That's a very short list of what, what a series of events. In all reality, you, someone says no, and you realize, okay, now that I have that answer, it's now I, I have the power for the next step that I take. Do I need to ask a different question? Do I need to ask someone else the question? It informs you that when we ask the question, we are then, the answer gives us the power that we need to move forward. Right. So, you know, the power can be yes. Oh, great. Then we move forward with that yes. Or the answer is no. And then well, now I know I can either put that on the shelf or keep fighting for it because I, it's a no from you, but... My spirit tells me there's a yes waiting for me. So I'm going to keep asking until I get that yes. Mm. Yes. 
And right now, especially during quarantine, that mentality of like, well, things are changing. Hopefully a lot of things are changing in the world right now. And especially with the Black Lives Matter, we need more Black representation on the stage, behind the stage, in the dressing room, on the director's table, writing room, etc. And thinking about that aspect of, well, maybe this is not the right producer, but there is a producer out there who wants to see me. Or, you know, I, I have this story that I've written and I want someone to see it. Sometimes it takes 10 different people, 20, 100, 500 different people to get that story read and published. But it's the like the perseverance. And and so with that, I want to talk about Soldier of Love. I watched your TED talk. It was very intense and inspiring. And I'd love for you to share how Soldier of Love was born. Well, there are a few different seedlings for that. And I discovered one, I had started a blog back in 2012. And when I was creating a professional website that I also wanted to have a blog tab on it, I was going through and my developer for that. This wasn't, this wasn't even a Soldier of Love website. This was a, a website before Soldier of Love. Oh, wow. And so that particular website developer and designer said, hey, could you go through your blog and actually give them titles? Because I just written entry one, two, three. I just numbered. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So I'm rereading and I had 37 entries. Impressive. <laughs> so rereading these entries to figure out what the title would be for them. And I have to find it again. But one of them, sort of the genesis and the... the the nucleus of Soldier of Love, but the essence of that was in one of these blog entries that I wrote. Gotcha. I landed on the actual phrase of Soldier of Love in 2016 after the election. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person who moderates my intake of social media and the news very carefully and very consciously. Smart. The immediate days after the election was over, I just saw so much anger and pain on social media and in the conversations I was hearing also in spaces. And I, I was in that world and in that energy for a couple of days. And then I cannot exist like this for the next four years, not even the next four days. And so I had also been trying to figure out how I would utilize Instagram because I had an account, but wasn't active. And just, I don't know how I'm going to do this thing. I don't want to, those pictures of my food. <laughs> that was exactly. more than what people were doing four years ago on Instagram. Avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, my very first video, which I have archived, I need to look at the date of that. Mm. It'll be four years, so that'd be a, a great throwback. Um, yeah. My very first video, I just remember saying to the camera, I said, I know that I cannot keep you from feeling fear, but what I know I can do is offer you love. So Mm. everything that I post on, and at the time, just specifically Instagram, but it has now moved to my Twitter and my Facebook. So anything that I post, I'm going to do so consciously. I'm going to take responsibility for the energy I put into the world. I want it to be inspiring. I want it to be empowering. I want it to be hopeful. And sometimes it will be silly and just funny and goofy if that's the mood I'm in. But whatever it is, it is going to be very intentional. And so that is, and I said, I am going to be a soldier of love. I said, because we have seen what hate can do. Let's show them what love can do. Mm-hmm. And that's how soldier of love was the phrase. And it's not my phrase. It exists in the world. Um, but that's how I carry and, and honor and, 
and wear that phrase, soldier of love. I love that. And I love the, I take responsibility for the energy I, I put out there and into the world. I think that's so, so powerful to hear right now, taking responsibility for our own actions and actively being conscious of being a more positive person with B-Way Show. It's positive only. There are so many negative reviews out there of, of shows. And if I don't like a show, you probably just won't hear me talk about it because I don't want to add to the negativity in the world. You know, maybe privately with a friend, I'll be like, well, I like that show, but it was too white, which is a conversation I have very often. <laughs> We're like, there's not enough diversity. There's no trans representation. There is no LGBTQ representation. So those be the things I'll like publicly say. But even in saying those, in saying those things, they're very intentional and they're very specific. Mm-hmm. You know, people can yeah. be critical if they are specific and intentional. You know, right. And constructive criticism is great. But yes. if it's kind of like that, why? I just uh, like, yeah, It was childish. Okay. Childish. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I spent five years on that. That's not childish. <laughs> Magic, don't get me started with that. I will I will defend some of my favorite art to the T. It's so true though. It's so true. I don't know if you can hear right now, but my dog is like, let me in. So I'm gonna go let him in. Stand okay. <laughs> Come on, Slam. He's so cute and I love him so much. <laughs> During these conversations. He starts off wanting to be outside and halfway through wants to come back in. Just part part of life. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. So, yes, a soldier of love. I love it. I love it. It's so powerful. Like I tweeted out earlier, I was listening to the playlist, and it's just so, oh, it just fills you up, and it makes you want to dance, and it makes you want to go for a walk and drink your coffee while having some fun. It's just like it really elevated my spirits. What, like, went into creating that or curating, we could say, that playlist? Well, I love you. I mean, I have... I still have an iTunes account. I had an iPod as long as I could until they until they just couldn't hold all the music I wanted <laughs> for my library. Yes. Um, I have about 5,000 songs just in my iTunes library. Just wow. iTunes. Not including my Spotify, Slacker, and... Yeah, Spotify and Slacker accounts. Um, and so, but I have always loved music. That is something I got from my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... He had a, a, a career, a job. He retired from that, but his lifelong passion and hobby was as a DJ. And so as a kid, when my parents were still together and we lived as a family, he had hundreds of record albums, actual mm-hmm. physical record albums yeah. in crates. And so I just heard so many different genres and eras of music that I just fell in love with and still love to this day. And so mm-hmm. lyrics have always been very important to me but then also i'm a person who like just give me a nice pop song a nice dance beat you know just i just want to move whatever that is so it really i have a very wide interest in music yeah but but specifically for soldier of love i i in knowing how much 
I turn to music for my emotional support mm-hmm. uh, or even emotional redirecting if necessary. Yeah. I wanted any song on that playlist to embody the mission of Soldier of Love. And so right. I want, you know, I wanted the listener when they hear that song to be like, ah, oh, yes, this remind this this will remind them of like who they are as a person or maybe it's who they want to be or mm-hmm. you know getting back to that to that and so as I would hear songs on Spotify I'm like hmm this needs to go in that playlist so then I just started making this the playlist and I keep it keeps growing I keep adding to it yeah so that's really and sometimes I can hear a song once and know instantly. Sometimes I listen to it two or three times like mm-hmm. all right that needs to go to the playlist. I haven't even cross checks like my iTunes libraries. So, <laughs> if I were to go to the iTunes library and then start adding those onto my Spotify, I mean, I could be at like 300 songs in the course of a week. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, that's and that's that's something that I just wanted to give people. I wanted that uh, to be in existence because I won't always be able to have these conversations with someone. I won't always be able to be in a space to talk to them and share these thoughts with them. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, I can offer them this playlist yeah. that is, in a way, the conversation I would like to have with them if we were mm-hmm. together. But yeah. you know, it can be expressed in lyrics and in song in such an incredible way that that artist is able to do that I won't even be able to do. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. The music really does. It affects everything. If you're happy, you want to listen to a happy song and dance along. If you're sad, you want something that'll move you to tears. You know, all of the emotions, they're they're there for you. And music helps you go through that journey. Hamilton and In the Heights bring you through that journey for both of them. Oh, my goodness. Talk about an emotional journey. You were at One Last Try, right? The final Chicago? In Chicago, yes, I was. Oh yeah, my God. Talk was, about emotional. Yeah, that was a gift that I did not anticipate having because I started with that company. I was there for their, well, not their first rehearsal. <laughs> I was there for their second rehearsal. <laughs> their opening night, you know, all the previews. And then to also be there for the final show is something not every performer gets to do, especially when the show is not in New York. You know, it's very, it's, I'm sure it's even more unique to be able to close a touring company of a show. Right. Uh, and so that was something I was very happy to be able to do and to be there and to see just the, all the people that had, you know, those of us who had started there, there were like maybe a dozen of us that started at the beginning that were there at the end. So that was just remarkable. Yeah. Very, very special moment. Actually, that... Yeah. Our closing night gift. Oh. So it's the Chicago state flag with the silhouettes of Hamilton people. And it has the name of the theater and the, the dates of the opening and closing of the show. Wow. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. That whole experience was really like a once in a lifetime just to be in the audience, to be in the room where it happened, uh, <laughs> if you will. And 
it was really cool to see as as you walk through the theater who was there in the audience and just seeing so many familiar faces and then seeing everyone up on that stage after and it it was a special moment to to be a Hamilton fan and to be in the Hamilton family for you that must have just been been really cool so I'm I'm glad that you got that experience. Thank you. And also I want to say to the Hamilton fans thank you. You know joining that show was such a tidal wave because it was so successful. So many people knew about it. And it certainly activated my own like hesitation of publicity, mm-hmm. which might seem counterintuitive to be a performer and then be someone who has this platform of sober love and then to be like, I'm awkward. Or not awkward, but like, I'm uncomfortable in being so public. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, but what it what it allowed me to learn and allowed me to see is that people, the how much we really want to be connected, mm-hmm. and social media was not what it was when I did in the Heights ten years ago. So, oh my goodness, yeah, none of this existed for me <laughs> ten years ago. And you know, at first, my Instagram account was public. So I was getting multiple requests and follow follows a day. I was like, who are these people? And they've never met me. Why are they following me? <laughs> like, this was, you know, this was me just, you know, and I, that just goes to show how like, I think the, the people in the presence that you see on stage may not always match up to who the people are off stage. Right. I can, I can step into that position and be this big energy and this big presence on the stage mm-hmm. in all reality i'm so happy sitting in my apartment out on my balcony in my hammock chair <laughs> yes Ooh, that sounds nice <laughs> um so but but what i really appreciated in learning from the, the and through the fans of hamilton is the the power of theater the power of performances the appreciation that you all have for the work that we do that we put on and, and the, the genuineness and the heart that you have. You know, I love that. I love that. I, you know, whenever there's a talk back, I try to attend it because I just love that interaction. I love having this conversation with people, but it's very hard to have that with the show because mm-hmm. it's hard to be at home. Um, and, you know, I, I try to honor those when they occur and when I'm, when I'm able and willing to be present for those, which is why I, if I'm on stage I typically make it a, a goal to sign playbills after the show. Mm-hmm. Because I don't do the show every night. And there's going to come a day when I'm not doing the show. You know, this thing does not, does not happen forever. It's right. going to at some point. And I've gotten to meet just some very lovely people, even if it were just a moment. Mm-hmm. Just a few moments. Yeah. And, you know, that just... That has meant a lot to me and it has really informed who I am as a performer and who I am as a person and how I relate to to other human beings that mm-hmm. I may not know. And like, magic! I'm like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> but I remind myself, oh, they have some awareness of you whether you have any awareness of them or not. Yeah, that's so, so thank true. You. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Mm. I think all of us fans 
we we can see it and we appreciate it. And having, I'd say in the Hamilton family, there are so many good eggs, right? There are so many people who, who know how lucky we are to be alive right now. And to see that reflected back only elevates that spirit, right? Like I used to be almost embarrassed that like I was such a fan while also being a professional journalist. And I realized that there is no one else doing that. There are people in other companies that love theater and who show it. And they do a fabulous job. And I watch their stuff all the time. But who else has had four years of journalism school training and then was on air as a news reporter for two years and also is such a passionate fan that cannot wait to talk about Hamilton or Newsies or In the Heights with whoever wants to talk about it. And that's how I found my love. And it's amazing when like the actors also have that extreme passion for what they're doing. And you can just connect on the love level. You just love what you're doing, throws this spark into a flame. Mm -hmm. And I think also, I mean, what you just said and you having the, the experience you had and the, the joy and the passion and the, and the appreciation for it. I would hope every person has 40% of that for the job that they do on a day-to-day -day basis, but yeah. that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I hear people say you know, that aren't in, in performing arts, like, oh, how's your job? Like, oh, I love it. I, I really, oh, that's so good to hear because I feel like when I talk to a lot of people that are not performers or in the entertainment business, they can say, oh, well, it's fine. My boss, you know, they're a hard, hard ass or they're this, that, yeah. the other. And I'm like, oh, that just sounds so miserable to me. Mm -hmm. So difficult. Um, yeah. I mean, but and sadly, there are people in entertainment that feel the same way to which I say, why are you here? Yeah. Why are you here? Why are you? I mean, and it's not even so much for me. Like, yes, I can be annoyed with someone. Like, I don't understand why you're here. But at the end of the day, for themselves, if you're mm -hmm. doing it for yourself, you, right. you're, not, you're not being present. You're not, to, so you're not doing the best you can do mm -hmm. in this moment for yourself or in the space that you're in. And life, it's like, you're, in, in that sense, like, this is a new thought I just had. If we aren't honoring the opportunities given to us, I believe life will not give us the opportunities that are waiting for us. Mm, yes. And, you know, I, I think maybe I wonder if that's the reason why some people feel kind of stagnant and where they are. It's like, well, and, not, and I'm not saying like, I'm not putting blame on them, but it's just it's a matter of like looking within yourself and saying, is what I'm doing where I am right now? what I want to be doing is what my spirit is telling me I need to be doing. Yeah. And if the answer is no, yes, I understand unemployment is scary, but hell, it's Corona and we've all experienced unemployment at this point. Yeah. But that alone will not satisfy you. It will not sustain you. Mm -hmm. You will never be satisfied. Never. <laughs> <laughs> can't help it it's like how my brain works it's just like hamilton uh, reference, hamilton it really reference. Is. and it's i mean it's oh my gosh yeah and it, all it goes is a conversation with another human being and then if they have any understanding of the show at all it's just like he's like ah you're like oh my gosh like, i'm not trying to quote the show i promise you <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it's just part of our vernacular now a family member will be like so you're not throwing away your shot huh and i'm like mm, good one 
Good one. <laughs> Haven't heard that before. But I do it too, so I can't I can't call them out too much. <laughs> uh, I was when I was in Chicago last year for Thanksgiving, a good friend of mine, he and his partner, they were visiting Chicago from Seattle, uh, their family and they have family in Chicago. And so they invited me and my boyfriend to Thanksgiving dinner. And so you know, we've had dinner, we're between dinner and desserts, and we're sitting and we're talking and we've been talking about Hamilton, Hamilton, and because like, you know, everyone knew he's a guy family knows and like it's fine i get it like, it's, it's so cool. like i hope they don't embarrass me or embarrass you like it's totally like it's okay <laughs> so we've been talking about hamilton and it was his father i think and then at some point someone said i mean the word hamilton had been said several times and then his dad was like oh yeah that show uh that show looks good <laughs> i don't want to see that and he he just like he finally clicked into the conversation and everyone was like dad He's in the show. What? <laughs> We've been talking about that for like over an hour. And it just registered in that moment when he finally listened and was participating in the conversation. It was so funny. But I love those moments when I, I really like meeting people who have never heard of the show. And, or it's just, it's fun. Because it also reminds me to be humble mm-hmm. and not just assume the entire world knows this thing that I'm a part of. It's like, yeah. no, some people just don't know and may not care. imagine can you imagine (laughs) so okay i i see that the hour is up but i have to i have to ask you this two-parter question about hamilton to wrap it up so do you recommend people listen to the cast album before seeing the show and as ashley's asking what are you most excited for the hamilton film so when it comes to hearing the show before you see it I think that might depend on the individual and just how you process material. Mm, yeah. If you're someone that may not be, your ear is not attuned to hearing quick lyrics, <laughs> lyrics delivered quickly, then yes, because then it will allow you to have it in like, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to have to listen during the course of the show which will be helpful because there's so many things that you've got, how the show sounds, how it looks, the costumes, the choreography, the lighting, the way the set moves. It's like, it is a sensory smorgasbord and you will be overloaded. Yes. So if you are, you know, new and, and, and unfamiliar with, you know, patter and rap, then yes. But if you kind of have a, like, yeah, I can hear that and I'm pretty good. Then just go in and let yourself like just take in what you take in because you could listen to the, the cat. You could have been listening to the cast recording for the last four years yeah. and go in and hear something you've never heard before. You're going to see something you've never seen. I've been doing this show for almost four years. And like, that's what that lyric was. That's happening on stage. What is this set move? Where did that come from? And I'm moving the things. So... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so there, that's my that's my answer to that question. Um, as far as the release of it on Disney Plus, I guess I, my honest answer is I have I have pretty much I've got a distance about it, and not a, not in a negative way. What I mean by that is the people you're seeing that is like one uh, one set of people. You know, like Cards of Humanity has so many different decks. <laughs> That's one deck of Hamilton you're going to see on Disney Plus. I'm I've been working with other decks of Hamilton, so like I'm not 
you will not see me on stage. I was not even with the show when that was recorded. Right. But I know a lot of those people. So, you know, uh, I'm going to actually use something that a friend of mine said on an interview I did earlier, earlier today. Like, I'm happy for other people to see the work that the friends and people that I love and know have done and can do. I'm excited for that. I don't have Disney Plus. Um, so I may, I mean, I don't even know when I'll see it. <laughs> so, but I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, for me, it's like, I'm happy that it exists for other people mm-hmm. uh, to experience it that have been wanting to experience it or people right. who have no idea what it is like and that's gonna happen there are gonna be people that are like what's this thing how hamilton and, there's hamilton and someone in their friends like who are you what do you mean you don't know what hamilton is but then it's going to offer it's going to expose and open people to something that they didn't know about before so you know it's it's great that this exists um i also hope that if things like this continue in the past or in the, in the, in the future, yeah, that they come only after the show has been running and existing for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily foresee theater going to this kind of avenue right. because it's a live experience and people want that and they desire that. Yes. Uh, I agree with an additional form of getting it out there, but I don't want it. I don't want that to be the primary source. Right. Because then I can't work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I feel like they go hand in hand if it's able to happen. So like having seen Hamilton a few times, which I'm so grateful that I have, I'm so excited to see this original cast. And then I can't wait to see it again on Broadway, on a tour, wherever it may be, so that I can like compare it again. Like you said, I've seen it, seen it now eight times, which is a little absurd and is very exciting. Not not the highest count I've heard that I, that I know of. are you ready to hear something? Are you ready for this? Yes. My friend has seen it 48 times. <laughs> but I'm stunned. I always end these video chats asking if there are any nonprofits you like to give a shout out to and where people can find you and like anything to keep an eye out for. Oh, so one nonprofit that is so important to me and without it, I don't think I would have found the courage and the strength to get to the place where Soldier of Love could be in existence is the Crime Victims Treatment Center. Yeah. Uh, they are here in New York. You can find them at www.cbtcnyc.org. Mm-hmm. And they provide uh, free services to men, women, and I think children and families uh, that are uh, affected by sexual violence. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's sexual assault, domestic abuse, all those things. I was a client of theirs. Uh, I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And um, I just, the work that they do to help people heal is so remarkable. They've been around for more than 40 years. They were the first of their kind to provide services to men in addition to women because a lot of those centers focus on um, 
primarily for women. And so it's, it can be very hard for men to find the help that they need that is right. so necessary. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a remarkable organization and they do such great work. And I'm so incredibly thankful for them. So there's that out. Yeah, that's one. Um, and then also the Actors Fund is wonderful, especially now with all of us being unemployed as you know, entertainment workers. And that goes for your ushers, your bar staff, the pit, everyone. Uh, the Actors Fund, they, you know, if you feel uh, moved to donate money to them, that will benefit us. You know, people who need medical assistance, housing, food. It's a whole catalog of services provided. So those two, I would say. And then you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Look for Antoine Ramon, A-N-T-U-A-N. R-A-I-M-O-N-E and also Antoine Magic Ramon, I think it's Instagram. Twitter is Antoine Ramon. But A-N-T-U-A-N, there's no other Antoine spelled that way. So that'll help. <laughs> um, but yeah, so please find me, follow me. Um, you can check out my Soldier of Love website, www.soldieroflove.us uh, because you know, we are a community. Mm. And, and that's why I chose that website for it. And, uh, yeah. Amazing. Well, and, and thank you for opening up and trusting us with that information. We really appreciate it. I know it can be difficult um, to talk about, but also really healing to know that people aren't alone and that people, other people go through that. So I just wanted to thank you for that. You're very welcome. And that's, and that's why I speak because I know I'm able to, and I also recognize that there are people who are not able or willing to do so. And so I will be, I will share my voice for those who aren't able to share their own. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much for this invitation. Oh, and I do, I wanted to point this out before we leave yes. for you. So this, um, I worked with the, an interior designer when I moved into this apartment almost three years ago. <laughs> like, what's wow. uh, almost three years ago. And I call my apartment my Earth Haven. Uh, I'm on the floor of my building. And I would say just about every, a, a color of each element that exists in, in nature is represented in my apartment. I've got an accident wall that is like the fire. I've got a blue couch, which is like water or air. Um, and so I wanted a bookcase for my books, but not a traditional one because I'm in a studio and so I have very limited floor space. And mm -hmm. so someone, and I was like, oh, I, what if I could find like a, a tree branch? Because I want to find them in a tree house. Wow. Yeah. I, in all of the videos you've been doing, I'm like, I need to hear about that because it's so cool and unique. And I feel like it fits your, your vibe. So it's cool. It's cool when people's spaces like fit their, their vibes. I have a Supergirl candle. To fit nice. my vibe. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. That's so cool. And, and like everyone here is just saying thank you. And they're, all the, all the things. So just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for coming on today. In general, you're just amazing. You're such a bright light really has like been in difficult times. It's nice to see people who you admire their work, but you also admire their personality and their humbleness and their soldier of loveness and all of that. So you're, very welcome. you're awesome. And to all of you watching at home, you're amazing as well. I thank you so much. I see so many of my show trion. I have a B-Way show Patreon, which is pretty cool. It's been great having so much support. So thank y'all. Uh, if you want to join that community, you just go to patreon.com slash B-Way show. That's 
B-W-A-Y-S-H-O. We are having a Hamilton viewing party on the 3rd. So you can totally tune in for that. And we have monthly video chats, just like connect with a community. Because like you said, community is the best thing we can have. So on that note, y'all can subscribe to this B-Way Show YouTube channel to catch the Show Must Go Online series. It continues throughout quarantine. We will be having more Hamilton people. We will be having more Freestyle Love Supreme represented here for the release of We Are Freestyle Love Supreme. So stay tuned for Jelly Donut, Andrew Bancroft, uh, Anissa Folds. And so, so many more. Ian Weinberger, who fits both of those Hamilton FLS. Very excited. So stay tuned for all of that. You can find the whole list at bwayshow.com. That's enough about my self-promotion. Antoine, you are so fabulous. And this has really, like, energized me going into the weekend. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for the invitation, Shoshana. Of course. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the 29th episode of BYU Show, the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so you can be a spy on the inside for future episodes. See Magic in Hamilton, learn about the Soldier of Love, and read his autobiography, Becoming Magic, A Path of Personal Reconstruction. I recently saw Magic at the TSQ Project in Times Square, and you can see photos from that on BWayShow.com. Thanks to all the show trounds, and special shout out to the showstopper and show nanigans levels. Andy Gilderhus, Shannon Wheeler, Naomi Kotner, Judy Kotner, Alyssa Wallace, Teresa Piliero, Cindy Howard, John Benson, Julie Larkin, Ashley Sazak, Lisa Michelle Martin O'Neill, and Eva Finklawson. If this was your jam, you can become a Showtron. Head over to patreon.com slash show. You get exclusive access to film performances, photos, and interviews, as well as up-to-date news on what's going on in the theater world. It's a fun time. Come check it out. Thanks as always to Kyle Braxton, aka Geddon for these awesome beats, Jelani Remy for the beautiful intro riff, Alex Brightman for the Showtime promo, Chelsea Hill, aka Illustrating Diva for the cool cover art, all the wonderful guests, and all of you for listening. Broadway shows are announcing their new opening dates. While we're excited to see everyone get back to work, we must stay vigilant in our calls to make theater a safe space for everyone involved. We need reports on how companies will be enacting anti-racist, anti-transphobia, anti-ableism, and anti-abuse work. We can't go back. We must move forward. Get your vaccine, wear a mask, be safe, and let's take care of ourselves. Proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you at the show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.